Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And another good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here introducing you. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us, by the way. Dan Burns is here. He is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive. As all of you, you guys are all master technicians. Are you not? We are. Yeah. Yeah, that's part you, of our program. You kind of say, yeah, you... You got to be a master. Well, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be in the game, you might as well have yeah. the documents that uh, that show that, that show that you're in the game. And you know, being an ASC certified technician does not uh, make you a good mechanic. But if you're a good mechanic, you should be able to pass the tests. Uh-huh. You know, they're how often do you have to get kind of recertified? Five years, in fact. Every five years, mine are due this year, and of course, there's nine different tests for me to take and i'm thinking i think getting too old for this <laughs> <laughs> no no I'll you, to, you'd miss it if i'll you have did. to make one more run at it i think uh, you should yeah, yeah yeah and i just hope i can pass the test <laughs> we'll see are they tough and how long are, well, they, are no, each one? you know the the original tests when you're young and you take them for the first time they're pretty difficult and they're pretty uh significant the recertification when you when you are taking them you know to re up right they they tone them down just a little bit to make them a little bit more experience uh, you know a level that would be appropriate with experience that you have in the field on the first round it's there's an awful lot of theory and, and an awful lot of stuff that you would have learned at school um, well, okay so. Uh, the first round is pretty tough. Is this all online testing? No, or? they're at those uh, test centers that you go oh, to. Oh, sure. Now. Yeah, yeah. You go, it's actually kind of funny. You go into the test centers and they practically frisk you going through for uh, to make sure that you're not bringing any cheat cards in or anything. You have to raise up your pants. and Or, and, or wrenches. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. You can't take any note cards in with you. You cannot. No. So it's a pretty serious. Well, that's good. Yeah. F- every five years. Well, that and like I say, it's not that uh, it's not that it makes you a better mechanic, but if you're a good mechanic, you should be. You should know enough. That makes to, sense. To get through them. putting it that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what have uh, folks been bringing their vehicles in for? Because we haven't had any seriously cold weather. You know that as we have, a rule, we have not had any serious cold weather, which will come, and yeah. uh, we can talk about that later. About that, you should be prepared for that. Uh, and get ready for it before you get stuck out on on the uh, bitter cold morning and your car won't start. But uh, but you know you know they're, they're certainly uh, um, tra- our suspension related stuff is is starting to show up. There are plenty of potholes around oh boy. already. Already, yeah, already. And uh, the the roads have been terrible with uh, ice and and that sort of thing. So there's been plenty of slipping and sliding and. And uh, damage stuff that's happening that way. So but we were not, talking about that last week. Yeah, we not, not too much cold stuff, but it, it'll come. That's for sure. You know what I have to mention is the phone number and the text number, which is the same number. If you want to ask your car care question, if you need to bring in your vehicle to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, Dan will give you some idea what might be ailing with that car, truck, or van. Call us or text Dan, 651-989-9226, 651 
888-900-9226. I was thinking about uh, vehicles. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine at lunch yesterday uh, about uh, leaving a car outside during this time. Is it If you're going to leave a vehicle for an extent, maybe you're going to go to Florida for three months, right? and you don't have a place to store it, should you take that battery out, or can you... Can you leave a trickle charger on it outside? You can leave a, cr- a trickle charger on it. And that would be long, okay. Right. As long as the battery doesn't go dead, yeah. uh, it will stay charged. Or, or not, I'm sorry. It'll, it, it, as long as the battery doesn't go now dead. Now, that won't freeze. It will right? not freeze, right? Okay. That, that's correct, as long as it stays charged. So if you could leave a trickle charger on it, then whether it be in an unheated garage or, or uh, outside, it will stay charged and it will keep it from... Uh, Going or from freezing, uh, of course. If if you do let a battery freeze, that wrecks it. It does for yeah, sure. Yeah, it wrecks it for sure. So don't uh, don't let that happen. So if you don't have a trickle charger or you don't want to deal with that, then yes, you should uh, uh, take the battery out. Make sure that you store it in a well ventilated uh, place. The the gases that come off a battery are actually explosive, so you would not mm. want to put them in a new. No. Yeah, you would not want to put them in a uh, confined area. Uh, to store. But what does that do to the vehicle itself, the computer's system? And when you're taking a battery out, everything goes blank, right? Right. And uh, everything will reboot when you... Oh, it's, it like, it's like if you unplug your computer at oh, home. okay. It's the same thing. It, it will reboot. What you will lose is the clock and, you know, a bunch of the, all your presets on your radio and all that sort of thing that, that need to be reset. But uh, no, it, it, I, sh- I won't say that it won't change it because it will. It certainly will rechange it, and when you reboot it, uh, or when you reboot all the computers, you know they come up and they start over, and they re- have to recalculate the things that they've learned in history. But uh, but but that'll be fine. It'll the car will catch up to that, and and it will relearn everything that it needs to know. Again, if you want to ask Dan Burns your uh, car care question, by all means, you can call it in, chat with Dan, or text Dan that question. Same number six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six. I failed to mention that Dan's going to be here only till about seven forty five. So don't wait to ask him a question. He'd be glad to help you out. Uh, but uh, give us a call. Don't wait. Dan will be here till about seven forty five or so. Uh, here's a text, Dan. A, a two thousand eight uh, VW Rabbit slight clicking from the front wheels when turning. Uh, could this be dangerous? It could be. Da- uh, it could be dangerous. Certainly. Uh, Usually when you're hearing a clicking from uh, one of the front wheels when you're turning, it's usually the drive axle, and uh, there's a fancy uh, uh, universal joint in there, and, and uh, when that goes bad, when the, when the bearings in that go bad, they, it, they have a tendency to click when you're turning, mm. and uh, they will click for a while, and then eventually they'll break, and... Mm. If the drive axle itself actually breaks, then you're stuck in the water. It's it's the car will not pull itself and won't go anywhere. So don't let that clicking go on too long without taking it in. And, and is that a big job to repair too? You know, no. You not know, really. the, we used to rebuild them. We used to put new boots on them. You know, take them apart. And but with labor costs getting to be what they are, it's the and the parts prices on things like this have got have actually gone down. So most commonly, we just w- would replace just replace the, replace the, uh, the uh, axle, yeah. All right, very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, we go, Yeah, let's go to the phones. Uh, I believe Bob is uh, there. Bob is calling from Egan, I believe. Bob, you're on with Dan. Hi. Morning. Morning. I got a, I got a question on a deep cell battery 
I took them out at a pole barn up at the cabin. Where can I store them in the uh, cabin so it's not uh, explosive or hazardous? Well, like if like if you can store them in a closet or something like that, and just make sure that there's some air, some ventilation that that happens around it. You know, don't don't put them in a small closet and close the door tight uh, or something okay. like that. Leave the door ajar a little bit, and you know, just let a little air circulate around them. I, you know, I'm being a little bit, uh, I'm overdoing a little bit by saying that it puts off explosive gases, but it, but it's true. Um, but it would take a pretty small confined area, uh, for that to happen. But, uh, yeah, if you're going to put them in a closet or something, just leave the door ajar a little bit and it should be fine. All right. Very good. Thanks, Bob. Bob leaves that line open for your car care question for Dan Burns, 651 nine eight nine nine two two six again that's uh, the same number to use for your uh, text questions if that's easier here's another one text screen 2009 ram dampers in climate control system are extremely slow to move excuse me if they move at all is it expensive to fix do you have to rip the whole dash apart you know usually not in 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 this case the fact that they move at all and uh, that's a good sign the Damp or the the doors inside the uh, heater box are mo- most commonly moved nowadays with a little electric servo motor, and if that motor, like any electric motor, is getting weak, uh, you know they'll try for a long time to move, and eventually sometimes they'll actually get the the door to move. But but as they've gotten weak, they are having trouble doing that as they've gotten older. So that, um, but most of those servo motors are on the outside of the heater box, which is good news for you. Uh, usually, we can ac- access them without removing too much stuff, and uh, and get at them, and then just simply put in a uh, put in a new motor, plug it in, and and you're back in business. Um, so if uh, if you're having trouble with where they're moving way too slow, then uh, be comfortable uh, knowing that it uh, is does not re- usually does not require taking the whole dash apart. All right, very good. Dan, we need to take a quick break. So hang on. If you have a, any kind of a car care question, you want to talk to uh, Dan Burns, call it in or text it in 651-989-9226. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, which is located, uh, well, let's ask Dan. He knows, and so do I. But uh, where are you located there in beautiful Grand Avenue? It is beautiful Grand Avenue, still decorated a little bit for the holidays. All right. So that's kind of nice. It's pretty great place to shop. But we are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is kind of right in the heart of it. We are between Lexington and Victoria on Grand Avenue. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or uh, give us a call, 651-228-1316. Nick will be there this morning. Oh, so, all right. So Nick will be there till what, noon? Yeah, till noon today, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get you that number before Dan leaves us today. But um, by the way, Dan will be leaving us in about 745. So if you have any kind of a car care question, you don't have to be a motorhead to call into the show. Uh, uh, call us or text us, same number, 651-989-9226. If you've got to bring in your vehicle and you want to know what could be wrong with it, call us or text us. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Dan, Dave is calling from uh, South St. Paul. Dave, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Good. Say, I'm calling, Dan. I've got a 2005 Honda Accord that uh, the air conditioning went bad this summer, so I had to put a new compressor in. Mm -hmm. And now uh, I've noticed in the colder weather that uh, uh, particularly if I'm just sitting in a lighter, it's idling. Whenever the heat kicks on, uh, you know, the fan will be running, but you can tell the compressor kicks on. My idle goes way down, and it's 
it runs pretty rough. And then as soon as it shuts off, everything's fine. I'm wondering if it's a sign of a bad compressor or I did something wrong when I put it in or. No, um, the old, the old compressor wasn't working, of course. So you, you didn't notice, uh, that the compressor had a significant effect on the engine and, oh, sure. and, and it will. So I think what's what's really happened here is you've got the compressor back working the way that it should. It should cycle like that. But when it does, the idle should adjust accordingly. The, the idle should be, uh, the, the computer should be seeing the AC compressor turn off and it should be turning up the idle a little bit. And it does that with a, a air, air control motor um, to control the, or the idle speed control motor to control the uh, idle. And uh, if that gets either, either stops working, you know, it's an electric motor, if that motor stops working completely, or if the passageway that, uh, that allows air to get through, if that's gotten plugged with carbon and stuff, then, of course, the motor isn't capable of, of working even if it does move. Um, so something like that is going on at any rate. I think the compressor is working just fine. The uh, idle speed uh, needs to be able to keep up with the compressor in order to uh, to work properly. So check out your idle speed. I think the uh, the AC compressor is great. All right, good. Thank you, Dave. Uh, again, this morning, call or text Dan. Uh, your question, same number, 651-989-9226. Let's uh, grab a text here while we're talking about it. And it says this, I just had my left caliper replaced due to a leak. Can my brakes be adjusted so the pedal doesn't go so close to the floor? I prefer my brake pedal to press sooner. Well, if you had the caliper replaced because of a leak, uh, first thing you should do is bleed the whole rest of the brake system. If any air got in there, then the pedal will go to the floor. Oh, that's the deal. It takes uh, it takes way less pressure to compress air than it does to compress hydraulic fluid. And so that's what's going on. If you have a little bit of air in there, the pedal will go to the floor. So bleed the whole brake system first, and then in most cases, I, d- I didn't hear what kind of car that was, but in most cases, the the uh, brakes are self-adjusting. Uh, even if it, if for sure, if it has four-wheel disc brakes, they're self-adjusting. There is no adjustment to it. Oh, is that true? You know, oh, okay. uh, if it has rear drum brakes, then sometimes they can be adjusted, but even in that case, they should have automatic adjusting that uh, that takes place in them. Okay. Back to the phones we go. Dominic's calling from Plymouth, I believe. Dominic, good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, good morning, Don. Uh, I have a question. I've got a Chrysler Aspen 2007. It's got 165,000 miles, and I seem to be putting in a quart of oil every five fill-ups or so, and sometimes I let it go a little bit lower and um, the oil light would come on. I'm just wondering, is there anything I should really be concerned about there? And then I have one more question. My blower motor only works on the two high speeds, and I'm just wondering if it's a job I could do myself. Ah, two answers. First off, uh, if you've got 165,000 miles on your Chrysler and you're putting a little bit of oil in it once in a while, that's just fine. You're not going to spend the money that it would take to uh, to go after that problem and solve it. Uh, if it's not leaking externally... Yeah, and it probably is a little bit, but uh, but uh, uh, if it's burning a little bit of oil with that many miles on it, that's just fine. Uh, let that go. And as far as your uh, your heater only working on two speeds, it's probably the the blower motor resistor. And yes, oftentimes you can replace that yourself. It's it's uh, usually behind the glove box area, 
and it'll be two usually two little screws that hold the device into the heater box itself. There'll be several wires going to it, and you go buy one, <clears throat> look at it, so you see what you're looking for on the heater box. You'll find it, and then uh, take those two little screws off, put uh, put the new one in, and plug it in, and you'll be in business. How about That's all that? there is to it. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck with that, Dominic. Thank Thanks for the call. Uh, and Dominic leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. Uh, Tim, I believe, is calling from Henderson uh, this morning. Yes, uh, good morning. I really love your show. Thank you. I got a qu- question. I got a 1996 Jeep Grand Cherokee with the 5.2. It's got the four-speed automatic in it, and it's got 150000 on it. It really runs good. Tranny always shifted really good. On Christmas Eve, I was going to my sister's. All of a sudden, I'm going down the road at road speed. It acted like it was in neutral. You know, it should have been in fourth, and then I slowed down. And thought, what's going on here? And I got, and then it shifted good, and then I got going, and then I thought, geez, I better stop and check the tranny fluid one. So I stopped and checked the tranny fluid, and that looked good. It, you know, it looked nice and clean and pretty, and, and it, it smelled really good, you know, because I a lot of times like to smell it. You know, you can tell if it's getting burnt or whatever, and got in there and started driving some more, and all of a sudden it wouldn't shift at all. So I pulled over in the shoulder, and it would only go first and second, and then all of a sudden it was just like it was in neutral. So then I checked the tranny fluid again, and then now it smells kind of burnt, like kind of like a clutch, mm-hmm. you know, or a brake or something. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's a little bit dirty. And I thought, geez, what's going on here? You know, it was shifting just perfect, and then all of a sudden this. So I had to get the thing towed, and it was Christmas Eve. I was on my way to my sister's, and I just thought, "Boy, what a night!" <laughs> well, what do you think, Dan? What do you think? <laughs> well, if you're if you're familiar with that clutch smell, and uh, and and that's what you're smelling in the transmission fluid, uh, that's not a good sign. Uh, if it's full of fluid and uh, the vehicle's not no longer pulling itself, yes, there is clutch material in an automatic transmission, and when it starts to slip and, uh, you know, fail, uh, you'll smell, it'll get that smell in the fluid. And uh, for any of us that are in the business, that's a common smell. We know what that smell is. It's a terrible smell, actually. Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe it's a terrible smell because we know what it's leading to, (laughs) that that the transmission's done for. But it sounds to me like if you've checked the fluid, it's full of fluid and it's no longer uh, uh, working. And if you've started, shut the vehicle off, restarted it, and, try, and tried it again, and it's no longer pulling itself, then it sounds like the transmission has probably failed, and and uh, it's going to need to be overhauled. Mm. You see that often these days? Yeah, we still yeah, do. We still do quite a few transmissions. Yep, it's pretty common. You know, the the <clears throat> vehicles are so expensive, and they uh, last so long, and and so it makes sense. Oftentimes, even if it's a five thousand dollar repair, people will decide to do it because. The rest of the car is still in really good shape, and it's it's worth the repair. And they like it. They you know, one of the, one of the, when you're making a, a major decision on a car that you like, in that you're that you've <clears throat> that you're used to driving, I'll make the I'll just ask the question. Well, you know, if the repair is going to be five thousand dollars, and I'll ask the question. Well, if you could buy that car for five thousand dollars, would you? <laughs> and if the answer is yes, then you might as well fix it. Absolutely, I mean, it's a pretty easy sale when I put it that way. 
All right, I tell you what, Dan's going to be with us for about another 15 minutes, so don't wait. If you want to call in or text in your car care question, by all means, 651-989-9226. And we're back at it, our CCO Car Care Show, Denny Law here, with uh, Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Dan, we have a busy morning here. We uh, put you to work real fast because callers have filled the lines and we have a lot of text messages as well. But Tim wanted to have a follow-up there about uh, Tim, what, what you wanted to know about adjusting yeah. the bands? Yeah, good morning, there. This is Tim calling you back. Yeah, that was the question I had. I did some research on the tranny, and that's a uh, it's got the forty two re tranny in it, and they put them in Dodge pickups too. And it, it said in there that those bands are adjustable, and you, you should have adjusted them at seventy five thousand. I bought that that Jeep for my brother in law, and I called him, and he said he's never had them adjusted when he had it, and he bought it new. So yeah. it's got 150000 on it now, and the bands have never been adjusted. And I was wondering if I adjusted them, if that would if that could solve my problem for a little while. Well, it, it could, but it, it would be a long shot. Uh, I'll tell you that. If, if, uh, if it's been slipping long enough to where uh, you're smelling burnt, where it's been hot enough where you're smelling burnt, or smelling burnt material, uh, then, you know, there's, there's probably more wrong with the transmission and most commonly, if for a transmission to stop completely and stop pulling itself the way yours has, it's something bigger than the bands going out of adjustment. And uh, frankly, I've never fixed one or been able to fix uh, a vehicle by simply adjusting the band. Usually when something fails, it's a seal in the transmission or the servo in the transmission or something like that. So uh, rarely, um, in fact, never in my world, but but rarely... Would you be able to uh, repair a failed transmission simply by making an adjustment it's on the bands? Yeah, and just let me just finish one, yeah. one last thought on that is <clears throat> the tr- the process of taking a uh, transmission in and out and and uh, dealing all of that. There is they're so complicated that that's why if you bring a, tr- a trans or a car into a, a shop with a bad transmission or with, with your transmission acting up. Rarely are they going to be comfortable just doing a repair on it. They're going to want to say, well, there's a lot of miles on it and all of the parts in there are worn. I'm not going to you know, take a whole bunch of money of yours and just take it apart, replace one part, and put it back together. Usually they're going to want to do a complete overhaul on it. Makes sense. That's just, yeah, it makes sense and it's good business. All right. Hope that helped, Tim. Uh, back to the phones we go. Steve is calling from Shoreview. Steve, what is your question? I say I've got a 2015 Toyota Highlander six-cylinder. Uh, maintenance required light is going on. I've tried to turn it off, you know, by pushing the button as, as you st- turn, start the car up, and also disconnect the battery. It won't go away. Thoughts? Well, it's a, it's a, there's a procedure. <clears throat> uh, if, you, if you look it up on the Internet or something, you'll find it. Uh, <clears throat> I, I can do it. I'm not sure I can always explain it, but but uh, on a Toyota Highlander, usually uh, you have to turn the key on, get that get it set on the A trip uh, thing, then turn the key back on, push the 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 uh, trip reset button while you're turning the key on, and then the light will flash several times and and it'll reset. Um, <clears throat> sometimes it's not the A. Trip. Sometimes it's the odometer itself, and it you know on different vehicles and different ages, the setup is a little bit different. But basically, it's the same thing. And what you're trying to do somehow you're you're doing the sequence just just a little bit wrong, 
And if you do it just a little bit wrong, it won't work. So check your sequence again, read it carefully, and do it exactly the way they say, and, uh, and that'll take care of it. And if that doesn't work, uh, stop by any shop, really, and they'll be glad to do that for you for free. It takes oh. like 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Super quick. Very good. Thank you, Steve. Texter says this, 2012 Toyota, 120,000 miles, V6, due for spark plugs. Should the O2 sensors be replaced at the same time? You know, we, do, we don't replace O2 sensors um, for maintenance, and, and not many manufacturers recommend that. So uh, I would say no. If they're working fine, uh, there's no, no, no reason to replace them, and oftentimes they're pretty expensive. So uh, I would not just uh, change those for maintenance purposes. Okay. Jim is calling in from Isanti this morning. Uh, Jim, you're on CCO with Dan. Oh, good morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you have an instance ever happen where the a Chrysler product, four cylinder and V six, uses a huge amount of oil and they don't smoke, of course, because the catalytic converter would would uh, keep that from happening. But there's there's a large oil consumption problem. I'm talking about big time, like a probably a hundred miles to a quart. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, um, it's pro. There, yes, <laughs> to answer your question, yes, we have seen that, and there's lots of things that could cause it. For example, if you have uh, an intake manifold leak, uh, there's there's an oil passage that goes through there where the uh, the oil can can actually be uh, running directly into the intake, and of course, burning through it like that. So. Um, I would absolutely recommend that you take that in and have it checked because there's a good chance that it's not a mechanical problem. Uh, if the engine still runs good and you're not hearing any noise, uh, it probably mechanically won't consume that kind of oil. It, it won't blow that quantity of oil past the rings or anything like that. So I think more likely what's happening is it's going through the intake and uh, and uh, that's a much more affordable repair and probably makes sense to have it repaired. And one thing I would do that soon because uh, running that much oil through the catalytic converter, you're going to wreck it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what they're expensive. Yeah, that's not good for it. All right, Jim. Take one more call. Bill is calling from uh, Monticello. Bill, you're on with Dan. Well, thanks, guys. So, Dan, I've got a, a 2013 Chrysler 200. Uh, it's been a good car. I've got about 199,000 miles on it. Um, and I've noticed lately that every so often after the car's been sitting for a while overnight or during the day, I get in the car, start it up, put it in drive, I start to drive off. I get about 30 miles an hour. I notice the RPM needles jumping from 2 to 3 to 4, and the car sounds like it's, the engine sounds like it's racing and it doesn't feel like it's getting into gear, I pull it over, turn the car off, start it up again, drive off, and it's fine. Uh, do you think that's a computer issue, or is it something more serious with the transmission? No, I, I, do, I do think it's something uh, electronic-related, not necessarily a computer, the computer itself, but uh, maybe one of the solenoids that the computer controls. And as we were talking earlier in the show... You pull over, turn the key off, uh, start the car again. The the car automatically, with all of the computer, goes through goes through a self test and uh, make sure that the car is ready to go. 
in the process of the transmission computer doing that, it's obviously resetting something and uh, makes it happy again and, and you're back in business. So uh, I think probably if you were willing to bring that into a shop and have it checked, if they checked for codes in the transmission computer, they'd find some information related to this and that would give you and them an idea as to what uh, you should do to repair that if it continues to happen. I, I think the information's probably stored. If it's not working right, uh, you know, it'll, it'll set a code and the code will be stored there for you. Uh, that's it for the phone calls. We handled all those, but I, we're not going to get through all the text messages, and we'll grab a couple here before you leave. But let's do uh, uh, the, the show next week, and we'll start with those. That sounds say. like a great idea. Here's I'm, one. Gl- I'm glad we're popular. Oh, yes. It's a busy day this morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, texter says this, then we have to let you go. I have a uh, 2014 BMW with a tire pressure monitoring system, and I'm wondering how accurate that is because when I put my digital tire inflator on, they are slightly different. Well, I've talked about air pressure before, and if I use two different gauges at the shop, they're slightly different. So uh, it's just it's a little bit of a moving target. They're all within a very, you know, small range. But if you check tires, you know, under different conditions and so forth, uh, they're different. But I think that if you want to use the the uh, sensors that are in your tires and use that as your guide as to where you're going to inflate the tires to, I think it's just fine. I think you're close enough. You'll be close enough. Wherever yeah. you want to be. Uh, and and be happy with that. It's the, but but ac- actually, I think those sensors in the tires are quite accurate. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think, think you're they, right. I think they are. All right. Uh, here's a text. Uh, I have a an 08 Lexus, and I just changed the battery. But for some reason, the alarm keeps going off and does not shut off quickly with the remote. What should I do? Well, I would disconnect the battery again and uh, reconnect the battery and see if that uh, changes things for you. Oftentimes, it will. Uh, you know, the the process of the battery going dead, the alarm got unhappy. And and uh, sometimes if you just disconnect the battery, hook it up again, uh, it'll come back, come back and be happy. Yeah, there's another text that kind of goes on and on, uh, and I don't think we're going to have time for that. Uh, that that one, we're, I'll save that for next week. Okay. Uh, my power steering stopped working two days ago on my 2012 Ford Escape. I called my local mechanic for advice as I try to do as many of my... Uh, own repairs as possible. He said if the reservoir is full, there's no signs of leaking that it could be a bad battery. Did I jump to the wrong? I'll tell you what. We're going to save this till next week. Yeah, I'll straighten this out because, as you know, looking at the text screen... Uh, people yeah. send texts, and it's multiple, and they're right. not necessarily in the order. Well, just just quickly, I'll just refer to that. Sure. Nowadays, there's two different things. that uh, There's there's hydraulic uh, power steering, and there's electronic power steering. Yes, power steering racks are electric now, a, a lot of them. And uh, so if, but, but they're not, they're one or the other. They're not both. So if you, if you, if you have a fluid system, then you do not have an electric system and, and the battery would have nothing to do with it. All right. We'll, we'll sort all of this out. All right. And that sounds invite good. our listeners to join us again uh, next week as we'll pick up on all these text messages we didn't get to. And, of course, we'll grab uh, more of your phone calls as well. Uh, Dan, uh, for those that uh, might want to come over and see you guys at Lloyd's Automotive, you are open, we said, till noon today. We are. Yeah, we're open most Saturdays till noon. We close on the holiday ones, but we're open most Saturdays. Uh, uh, You can give us a call at 651-228-1316. You can come over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. 
or you can find a lot about us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. And I do believe you're on Facebook as well. I think so, too. All of that. Yeah, I'm not sure how to to find that. (laughs) Well, I find it all the time. (laughs) Okay. All right, Dan, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. More car care next week here on News Talk A3OWCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.